Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu ala muhammadin wa ala ali wa sahbihi ajma'in Therefore we continue the explanation of Surah Al-Ghashiyah We are now, uh, we have reached verse 17 يقول الله عز وجل أَفَلَا يَنظُرُونَ إِلَى الْإِبْرِ كَيْفَ خُلِقَتْ Don't they not look at the camels how they are created in the beginning of the surah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asserted the condition of the days or of the day of resurrection and that people considering or regarding this day are of two kinds some will be faces on that day will be joyful and some faces that day will be humiliated in the hellfire and this is the faces of all the disbelievers and Allah made it clear in the beginning of the first 16 verses the recompense due upon each one of them humiliation versus joy then here he says do they not look that which means do they not look at the camels how they are created this kind of exclamation falls under scolding or rebuking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is calling scolding them those who denied that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed of regarding the day of resurrection and regarding the punishment and reward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala scolded at them and rebuked them for turning away from contemplating the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is before their hands and he started with the ibl, with the camels because these creatures were most encountered by people then using them as mounts milking them for milk eating their meat utilizing their skin and hair as well as many other benefits that's why he said أَفَلَا يَنْظُرُونَ إِلَى الْإِبِلِ don't they look at the camels كَيْفَ خُلِقَتْ meaning how did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala create this great build up this great body bearing you see it traveling far away distances reaching far away places very hard for man to reach on foot also carrying upon them from loads in fact being loaded while they are sitting then they stand up with the full load on their backs needing no help from no one 
and it's the custom that an animal wouldn't be able to stand up when it's loaded however these creatures the camels Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them special powers and abilities all of that for the welfare of man it is very difficult for man to put on the loads on top of it because of its height loftiness however Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made that easy to load it while it's sitting then it will take care of standing up on its own and moving ahead in fact as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke okay alaykum salam rahmatullahi ta'ala barakatuh in surah yaseen brother Abu Maher in chapter 36 verse 73 Surah Yaseen verse 73 that's not the one I'm looking at and they have other benefits from them and they get milk to drink meaning from them will they not then be grateful will they not then be grateful so there are many many benefits which cannot be even enumerated from these creatures and the people who are who deal with them they know better than us in this respect so Allah mentions this and they have not looked at these creatures how they were created he didn't mention other creatures especially those of the cattle like the sheep the cows etc the deer that's because these camels were then most beneficial for man then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next verse وَإِلَى السَّمَاءِ كَيْفَ رُفِعَتْ then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَإِلَى السَّمَاءِ كَيْفَ رُفِعَتْ don't also they look alaykum salam rahmatullahi ta'ala barakat at the heavens how it is raised Meaning, let them look also at the heavens with all its stars, the sun, the moon, and the other magnificent signs, many of which we don't even know yet. And therefore, we can say that all of these signs that we see now are all, these are, they constitute all of the ayat there might be other signs great ones which we don't know of up till our times now
don't they look uh, second verse verse 18 please And at the heaven, how it is raised, كيف رفعت, how it is raised, raised this magnificent raising above us without a column. It is traditionally known that roofs. don't stand up without column supports however this magnificent and preserved roof above us established is established without any pillars as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in surah al-Rad which is chapter 13 verse 2 الله الذي رفع السماوات بغير عمد ترونها الله الذي رفع السماوات بغير عمد ترونها الله is he who raised the heavens without any pillars that you can see the next verse وإلى الجبال كيف نصبت verse 19 please وَإِلَى الْجِبَالِ كَيْفَ مُصِبَتْ And at the mountains, how they are rooted, fixed, firm, firmly fixed. وَإِلَى الْجِبَالِ كَيْفَ مُصِبَتْ These great and magnificent mountains, carrying the rocks, and the neighboring yet distinct parts composed of this is surah 88 I'm back to the I'm back to the uh, okay when I say Akhi Abu Maher next verse this means I'm still in the I mean the surah that we are uh, going over the explanation now surah al-ghashiyah which is uh, number 88 so now verse 19 concerning the mountains Yes, exactly. And at the mountains, how they are rooted and fixed firm. These mountains composed of many types and kinds of stones with a variety of minerals. They are close to each other. These parts close to each other yet you see this line in the midst of the rocks containing certain types of minerals not present in the neighboring part and this is known to the the scientists specialized in geology So, don't they look at the mountains, how they are rooted and fixed? 
fixed with this measured with their measured heights so that they can be as pegs inside the earth lest it would shake with us had it not been for the this creation of Allah concerning these pegs for these mountains then the earth would have shaken its inhabitants why? because the earth is amidst water water surrounding it from every side and what do you think about a ball you put it there in the middle of water you will see it moving and shaking vibrating and sometimes rolling and turning however Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made, made these mountains as pegs holding the earth firm just as pegs hold the tent firm they are there firm standing up tolerating all these powerful hurricanes and winds and storms which will which can destroy many of the buildings established by the children of Adam yet these mountains are standing firm unshakable facing all these magnificent storms in fact from its benefits is that it shields the storms, the great storms which comes from the direction of the seas or from other directions as well lest it will blow people away and this is something witnessed you see those people who are whose dwellings are by the foot of mountains you find them safe from the effects of storms which comes from the opposite directions of the mountains and they, thus there are so many benefits for them and if, if the whole creation would come and unite and put their efforts in order just to place one chain of these mountains as we see them now they wouldn't have a means to do that despite their progress despite their powers and abilities and even though if it will take them as much as they think it will they will be able to bring something similar to these mountains some of the scholars even are with the opinion that these mountains are firmly go firmly inside the earth to distances equal to their heights in the direction of the sky and this may not be far from reality that Allah 
will enable these mountains in the earth with such measures and extents so that it will be shaken in any way or facing these storms and their powerful ones and that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Nahl chapter Verses 15 and 16. And he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, has affixed into the earth mountains standing firm lest it should shake with you and rivers and roads that you may guide yourselves and landmarks and by the stars during the night the mankind guide themselves then next verse from surah 88 brother Abu Maher وَإِلَى الْأَرْضِ كَيْفَ سُطِحَتْ وَإِلَى الْأَرْضِ كَيْفَ سُطِحَتْ And at the earth how it is outspread Meaning and look how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had made this earth spread out and stretched vast so that people can utilize for their agriculture and for their buildings and for other things what would you think if this earth would have been hilly not outstretched not outstretched meaning hilly like mountains then that would have been something difficult to live on and people would really settle on it the way they are as it is now so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it an outstretched outspread easy for the creation and some of the ulama pointed out that this verse could be taken as evidence that the earth is not spherical rather outstretched plain however this conclusion is incorrect because there are other verses all indicating that the earth is spherical in shape and also it is witnessed from its real nature from the reality as it is it is something witnessed to be spherical from these verses is uh, verse 39.5 from Surah Az-Zumar 39.5 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says يُكَوِّرُ اللَّيْلَ عَلَى النَّهَارِ وَيُكَوِّرُ النَّهَارَ عَلَى اللَّيْلِ 
يكور Allah, and we'll use the term as it is now in Arabic, يكور and we explain it okay here he says in the translation of the meaning he makes the uh, night to go in the day and makes the day go into night we will use the same Arabic word يكور and we will explain it inshallah Allah states here يكور الليل the night to go in the day and يكور the night يكور the day unto the night and this takwir means turning around and we know that the night and the day succeed one another on the earth and this takwir which is turning around necessitates that This is state that the earth is mukawwara, mudawwara. That the earth is round. Also we know from the other verse in Surah Al-Inshiqaq which is verses 1 and 4 and we came across these verses in the previous discussions When the heaven is split asunder وحقت, and listens and obeys its Lord and it must do so and when the earth is stretched forth and when the earth and when the earth is stretched forth and has cast out all that was in it and became empty And this is concerning the day of resurrection, meaning this will take place on the day of resurrection. And it came in the hadith that on the day of resurrection it will be outstretched. Just like you stretch the skin, such that there will be no more mountains or valleys or trees, nor any buildings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it as a level, smooth plain. Qa'an safsafan. A level, smooth plain. As in Surah Taha 2106. You won't find any crookedness. Plain, straight. So when Allah says here, when the, when the heaven will split asunder, and this doesn't occur except on the day of resurrection. And now it is not split. And therefore his saying مدت, And when the earth is stretched forth Means on the day of resurrection And therefore now it is not stretched It is unstretched Then therefore it is مكورة, Meaning spherical 
and there is no doubt that from the witnessing that we see in our times that it is the case without any doubt also also the evidence is that another evidence is that if you take to go in a straight line if you walk in a straight line from here going or from your place going west then you will come from the side of the east you will move around the earth and you will return to the same point from which you left and the opposite is true and this therefore is also in support with the conclusion that that it is spherical so if someone, has, if, if someone now says if it is as such being spherical so how the water of the seas are held on it while it is spherical then we say in the answer to that the one who held the heavens from falling upon the earth except with his leave is able to hold the seas from flooding the earth and drowning its people its inhabitants and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and tonight inshallah tonight garden tonight that's the only lecture that you are uh, focusing on no problem the beginning will be tonight inshallah for all of those who came late and we didn't say salam it is it is from the interpretation of the saying of Allah وَإِذَا الْبِحَارُ سُجِّرَتْ and when the seas will held is held this is one meaning is held from overflowing and therefore here the divine ability divine ability we cannot oppose in any way we say that the ability of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala held these seas from flooding the earth and its people even though the earth is spherical in shape so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here after mentioning four of the signs and we have counted them now Al-Ibl, camels, the heavens, the mountains, and the earth. Then he told his Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Fadakkir, he commanded him, Fadakkir, let's have the verse please, Fadakkir, have the verse inshallah so remind them O Muhammad وسلم, you are only one who reminds you are only one who reminds 
So he didn't specify for him as to whom he should specifically remind. So he didn't say, remind such and such. And thus the reminder is general. Because Rasulullah had been sent to all mankind. Meaning therefore remind each and every one in whatever condition and in whatever place. And he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam reminded and his successors after him who followed him in this ummah reminded the ummah with knowledge and actions and propagation however does this reminder really benefit everyone from all mankind the answer is no فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَ تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ For indeed, reminder benefits the believers, as in Surah Al-Dhariyat 51-55. However, as to the non-believer, the reminder can establish the evidence and the proof upon him but it would not be of a benefit and as to the believer himself if he finds that his heart is not responding to the reminder then he should accuse his heart why? because Allah is saying وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَ تَنْفَعْ تَنْفَعْ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ and remind because reminder benefits benefits the believers so if you are reminded and you don't find an effect in your heart and a benefit then accuse yourself and know that you have naqsu iman your faith is in a state of weakness it diminished had it been perfect it would have been responding to the reminder and thus benefiting from it because the reminder it is, it is inevitable that it will benefit the believers إِنَّمَا أَنْتَ مُذَكِّرْ إِنَّمَا أَنْتَ مُذَكِّرْ Mingos, uh, trying to distract the room please uh, I will red dot you now so when you decide otherwise you can sit and listen otherwise you can Decide whatever you want to do. إِنَّمَا أَنْتَ مُذَكِّرٌ Meaning, O Muhammad, you are only a reminder. This is your task. No, I won't bounce him. Let him stay, inshallah. As for the guidance, then this is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. يَقُولُ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ إِنْ سُورَةِ الْبَقَرَةِ يَقُولُ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ in Surah Al-Baqarah وَيَّاكُمْ 2 in chapter 2 verse 272 
ليس عليك هداهم ولكن الله يهدي من يشاء it's not up to you their guidance or Muhammad meaning the guidance of success the guidance of the heart however Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides whomever he wishes the Prophet established the reminder until the last moment of his life even though even then during the moments when death approached he used to say as-salatu as-salat wa ma malakat aymanukum reminding us to the prayers as to the importance of the prayers as-salat salat and that which your right hand possess and these were the last of his words as-salat as-salat and as well as reminding the ummah against shirk and against taking the graves of the righteous as places of worship he وسلم, reminded the ummah concerning the salah from the time he was sent and it was told and he was commanded قم فأندر get up and stand up O Muhammad وسلم, and warn as in Surah Al-Muddathir verse 2 until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seized his soul he strived in all of that and in every situation in every time bearing the harm from his people and from others as well and for those who have read the seerah, the biography of the Prophet والسلام, knows well what he had to encounter from the people of Mecca his people those so close to him who knew him and used to call him Al-Ameen the trustworthy they turned on him they trusted him in the beginning to the point that they called for him to judge between them when they disputed as to where to place the black stone in which corner of the Kaaba every tribe of them was claiming their right for that honorable action of where to put the stone so he ordered that a sheet be spread and to be held from every corner by one of the chiefs of these tribes and they all take by it to its place then he وسلم, took it with his honorable hand and put it and placed it in its proper place he used to call him Al-Ameen the trustworthy however when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed upon him the prophethood everything changed and they started calling him magician soothsayer crazy insane liar 
point. They accused him almost of everything. And he had one task during all of these afflictions. One task, reminding. And reminding and reminding. And from this we understand therefore that guidance is in the hands of Allah. And that it is impossible for us to guide the closest person to us. يَقُولُ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ in Surah Al-Qasas in 28 Surah 28 verse 56 إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتْ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءْ Indeed you cannot guide those whom you love but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides whomever he wishes and therefore we shouldn't really feel sorrow if or sad when we remind someone and we see only from him arrogance or argumentation or for him to say I can do whatever I wish or the like قال الله تعالى in this respect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says لَعَلَّكَ بَأْخِعُ النَّفْسَكَ أَلَّا يَكُونُ مُؤْمِنِينَ as in 26 brother Abu Maher are you here? 26 Surah Al-Shu'ara, verse 3. It may be that you, O Muhammad, وسلم, are going to kill yourself with grief that they don't become believers in your risala and your message. in your message meaning in the message of Tawheed so don't end up destroying yourself if they don't believe their belief is for their own sake that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says لَسْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ بِمُصَيْتَرِ the next verse please of the same surah now You are not a dictator over them. Okay. So you are not a dictator over them. So you have no authority upon them. That authority solely belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the role of the all that exists. You have only to proclaim and remind, O Muhammad. However, authority, all of that, is to Allah the most mighty and most majestic you are not a dictator over them save the one who turns away and disbelieves then Allah will punish him with the greatest punishment and the next verse please now in Surah 88 uh, call you daughter uh, daughter Abu Mahr إِلَّا مَنْ تَوَلَّى وَكَفَرْ فَيُعَذِّبُهُ اللَّهُ الْعَذَابَ الْأَكْبَرْ Meaning, that who turns away and disbelieves, after you have reminded him, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will inflict punishment, with the greatest punishment he will be inflicted. 
and therefore the one who turns away and disbelieves after he after the revelation had been given to him then certainly he is going to be punished meaning turning away from the truth not responding not accepting not listening even though he may listen to it by his ears but that of the heart is not present as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Anfal verse 8 20 and 21 2021 Oh who you believe obey Allah and his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and don't turn away from him meaning the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam while you are hearing وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ قَالُوا سَمِعْنَا and be not like those who say we have heard but they heard not meaning they don't follow they don't obey they don't submit and therefore here it refers to the person who turns away and disdains arrogantly and this greatest punishment he will face is on the day of resurrection there could be a lesser punishment for him in this life he may be afflicted with certain diseases in his body or in his intellect or in his family or in his wealth or in his society but however all of this with respect to the greatest one is considered of a lesser one of a minor compared to that which is the greatest that will come on the day of resurrection that's why he said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right after this he said inna ilayna iyabahum meaning they will surely return, they will return to us so فَالرُّجُوعُ إِلَى اللَّهِ Thus turning all will turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala None can escape this fact No matter how long He is granted from life on this earth Certainly he is Turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala At the end That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Inshiqaq he said, يَا أَيُّهَا الْإِنسَانُ إِنَّكَ كَادِحٌ إِلَى رَبِّكَ كَتْحًا فَمُلَاقِيهِ O man, verily, 
you are returning towards your Lord with your deeds and actions and thus you will meet him Surah Al-Shiqaq verse 6 which is Surah 84 verse 6 so my brother and my sister we should prepare for this time because it is surely coming for Prophet said ما منكم من أحد إلا سيكلمه ربه ليس بينه وبينه ترجمان None of you accept that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will talk to him, will speak to him. And there is no one acting as a translator between him and Allah. It will be direct. And this will be on the day of resurrection. He will look then فَيَنْظُرْ أَيْمَنَ مِنْهُ فَلَا يَرَى إِلَّا مَا قَدَّمْ So he will look to his right and he wouldn't see anything except that which he had prepared for this day. And then he will look for his left and the same thing. He will only find that which he had prepared. And then he will look forward and he will find only the fire of hell facing his face so shield yourself from the fire of hell even with half a date meaning in sadaqah, in charity each one of us will encounter this moment with his Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of resurrection and he will make him attest to his sins Telling him, you did such and such on such on such day, and he will confess. After he confesses, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will tell him, "Qad satartuha alayka fi dunya, wa ana aghfiruha lak al-yawm." I have shielded you concerning these sins in the life of the world, and today I will forgive those for you. How many are the? sins that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shielded for us how many of them we have committed and no one knows of them except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and therefore our stance with respect to these sins is that we seek forgiveness from Allah the most mighty and most magnificent and that we increase our righteous deeds which will expiate the sins so that we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on a state which is pleasing to him subhanahu wa ta'ala ثُمَّ إِنَّ عَلَيْنَا حِسَابَهُمْ the last verses from the surah and verily then verily for us will be their reckoning And this reckoning here 
it is not like you will be called to account about the deeds because if, if any one of us is called to account then he will be destroyed if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is will will mention one of his favors that he bestowed upon us like that of the sight then you wouldn't find any kind of deed to stand as something that will equate this favor of Allah look our look at breaking up this time okay look at our breath okay we breathe without any difficulty it goes in and out without a difficulty we speak and we sleep we eat and we drink we don't feel this breath and none of us would really really give it the proper estimate it deserves except that if, it, if he is touched by something that will prevent or block this breath then in this case he would remember the ni'mah of Allah the blessing upon Allah, of Allah upon him However, when he, is state, when he is a state of good well-being, he will say, oh, this is something natural. So if a person is to be called to account, then he will be destroyed. As the Prophet said to Aisha, when he told Aisha, radiallahu ta'ala anha, من نوقش الحساب هلك None will be called to account about his deeds on the day of resurrection, but will be ruined. In another, in another narration, he وسلم, said, or that he will be punished. However, with the believers, we know, the hisab is as has been described early in the hadith of when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make the believer attest to his sins saying I have done this and I have done that and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will shield it for him however with respect to the unbelievers they are not going to face the same thing that the believers will face with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they don't have good deeds that will expiate their sins however his, their actions will be counted for them and they will make a testimony of it before all creation and then it will be called as in Surah Hud in Surah Hud in 11 18 Allah
and the witnesses that day will say these are the ones who lied against their Lord no doubt the curse of Allah is on the Dhalimeen on the polytheists, the wrongdoers etc we seek refuge in Allah from that humiliation and with these words the Shaykh Rahimahullah finished the explanation of this great surah and these, this is Surah Al-Ghashiyah it is one of the chapters, one of the surahs which the Prophet ﷺ used to recite in the great congregational prayers like Salat Al-Eid Eid Al-Fitr or Eid Al-Adha and similarly in Salat Al-Jum'ah we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the Shaykh ended with the dua نسأل الله سبحانه وتعالى We ask Allah سبحانه وتعالى The one free of all imperfection The most high أن يجعلنا ممن تكون وجوههم ناعمة لسعيها راضية To make us from those whose faces would be filled with joys and pleased With joy and pleased And that he takes care of us In this life and in the hereafter he subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to do all things. Walhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu ala muhammadin wa ala ali wa sahbihi wa sallam. So this brings the end of the tafsir of Surah Al-Ghashiyah. And inshallah ta'ala tomorrow we'll start Surah Al-Fajr. Surah Al-Fajr which is Surah 89. Wal-Fajri wa layalin ashrin wa shafi wa al-watr wa layli idha yasr. هل في ذلك قسم الذي حجر إلى آخره نعم the brother who sent in the PM a brother sent in the PM general question I mean can one ask Allah 